Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Philly Fans Podcast. It would have been nice if the Flyers could score a goal like they were on the power play. D. Witty, I totally agree with you. This is Kevin. For some reason, Eric is on vacation, so I think I'm going to miss out on uh, on Eric news this week. It might I'm be this- right here, Kevin. Oh, oh, Eric's here. Oh, oh he's here. I- I'm excited. There's no late Eric. It was kind of late Eric, but nobody knows that except for me. That's right. So we have a lot to discuss in a short period of time. Yes, what do we got, an hour? An hour, maybe a little less. Who knows? I mean, it depends on uh, other things. All right. So, very excited for the podcast today. Very disappointed with a lot of our teams uh, as we went into a very – started off the week very stressful. And I don't think it got much better as the week went on, to be honest with you, as I'm more confused than ever with certain teams. Uh, and some teams are officially eliminated out of the playoffs. But, Eric, there's a bright side to everything. The Eagles start on Sunday. They sure do. I'm excited for the for Sunday. Uh, it was nice watching football yesterday, last night. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs blew out the Texans. I'm not surprised. Um, but it, it's nice to have football back. But, yeah, it, it was started out a sad week. Um, yeah, I was I – was, I, th- I think it was – I'm going to blame myself for being down the shore and not watching the game at home. But, you know, there's a lot of factors other than that. Yeah, uh, like actually showing up to play. Like we mentioned on the podcast a little over a week ago, having three complete periods would have been nice. Yeah, but like I said, I, um, I thought they were going to win game six, and I was nervous about game seven because, you know, they they put a lot of effort into five and six. So I'm not surprised they came out kind of dead in seven. And if you look – None of the teams have forced the game seven, won game seven. But AV has done it two times. No, I know what I'm saying in this, in this, in, in this, in this playoff, playoff yeah. none of the teams. Yeah, so obviously we had very high hopes for our Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers have been eliminated by the New York Islanders, the Islanders of New York, who uh, went into Tampa Bay, and by Tampa Bay I mean Edmonton. Uh, on ter- Edmonton, Canada, because I believe all the games are now in Edmonton, Ontario, Canada. Yes, and, they uh, and they got blown out by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it could be much worse for the Flyers right now. Yeah, I mean, the Islanders won game. No, they didn't win game two. I'm sorry. They lost with nine seconds left. They lost game two. Um, but I'm not surprised that the Islanders lost game one. I mean, they, they just battled in seven-game series and then had to fly to Edmonton where Tampa had the rest, so they got blown out in the first game. Not surprising. The second game, they played more like themselves. But we are not a NHL podcast. We are a Philly fans podcast, so I don't care about them. Yes, we are. So we do have some – like, and the news just got worse and worse for the Flyers fans throughout the week, though. 
right? So news continues to break for the Flyers. No injuries have been reported yet, although you know it's hockey. There's going to be injuries for the season. We know it's going to happen. Someone's going to come up with a torn something. Coots was playing on an MCL sprain. They said there, that. there we go. Coots with an MCL sprain. But the week just kept getting worse and worse. Uh, God, or sorry, Oscar Lindblom did not win the NHL award he was up for. Eric said he'd be uh, have a big challenge with Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan won that award uh, that we were hoping Oscar would win. But, hey, Oscar beat cancer, so that's a reward in itself. And he played in the playoffs, which is even more shocking. Uh, we were also looking at Coach of the Year. And once again, A.V. did not win Coach of the Year. And Eric texted me saying A.V. didn't win, which I just got very disappointed with. Uh, and then finally, Eric, we got a little bit of hope yesterday, a little bit of good news. Sean Couturier won the Selkie. Yes, that was very exciting. Mr. Selkie, Sean Couturier. So congratulations to Coots on his Selkie Award, well-deserved this season. Uh, but and it, and it was a runaway. It was a landslide, if you look at the votes. So that's nice to see. Yeah, de- definitely well-deserved. But so was A.V. and so was Oscar in my mind. But as a, lot you- of, a lot of people are saying Oscar might win it next year because the award was decided in June. Um, and he didn't play until the playoffs. So there's a chance he'll be nominated again next year since he did come back and play. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that, so I'm, I'm interested to see that. Uh, I mean, the Bruins head coach won the President's Trophy. They had a great season, so, you know, it is what it is. Yes, but he didn't take a team that was basically nothing and turn it into the Philadelphia Flyers. No, I know what you're saying. I, I think um, Vino was second in boots. So. Yeah, and in my obviously I, I would have loved for Vino to win, uh, but I'm also a giant homer. That's why I run this. That's why we run this podcast. We are giant homers. I am abs- absolutely excited, and I was delighted to see Limbaugh play hockey again. And he didn't look, he didn't look bad. And he wasn't Limbaugh before, which is fine. He still has to come back and you know play a little before he gets back. That, but for him to play after what nine months, that's insane. Yeah, and you had to check on me to make sure I was okay uh, when he suited up. So I, I, I appreciated the text uh, when he suited up to play last week. Right. And I, I think – and Eric fell for a little prank of mine. I acted like I was my wife saying that I was away. And he believed it, even though my grammar was perfect in and the And the text. punctuations were perfect, too. <laughs> and the punctuation was perfect. What was and, I thinking? In the text. I can't believe you would fall for that, of all people. Yeah, to go into a little Flyers talk, um, I don't – when did we, we – uh, we, our last podcast was before game six, right? And I said yes, it was, it, was, uh, it was Thursday right before game six. Uh, we got excited for the night. We were very nervous for that night. Uh, no, and no. You I, caught it. You caught it. You said game six they were going to win, but game yeah. seven I'm worried about, and you were totally right. Yeah. However, they didn't play a full game of hockey in game six either. No, they didn't. And um, I thought they, you know, they went up. Uh, when I called it, I said, hey, they're going to blow at them. They're going to blow them out in game six. And when they went up 2 nothing, I was like, oh, here it goes. I, we're good. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crawl this. And then they, like you said, they didn't play a complete three periods. And then they won in overtime. And every game they won in the series was in overtime, which is 
interesting to say the least. But and then they come out game seven, very excited, very nervous. But then I was like, wow, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, they played the first eight minutes of game seven very well, and that was it. If it wasn't for a couple players, if it wasn't from Car- for Carter Hart, it would have been a lot worse than it, it turned out to be. It was still bad, but it would have been a lot worse than it, than it turned out to be. Played eight strong minutes and then basically died. Right, and, here, and the thing I, I – so after the game, I don't know if you, you saw, but I was very agitated with Flyers fans um, because they, they ultimately have to find someone to blame, and they always go to the captain. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know what? The reason we're in game seven anyway is because of the play of Claude Drew in game five and game six. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So you're saying since he doesn't he, – I mean, he didn't score a big goal or anything like that. But actually, he did. He did in game five. But the, the amount of bashing that he takes for what he produces is, is mind-blowing to me. And – also, the amount of hate Jake Voracek got in the playoffs is, is astounding because he was the only one showing, besides like maybe Tyler Pitlick and our goalies, showing any heart in this whole series. Yeah, I mean, Claude Giroux and, and Voracek getting attacked is weird. Even more weird to me was, uh, was A.V. getting attacked. Obviously – AV didn't make some right changes at right times, especially in the power play. However, you saw what this man did the entire series season. And if you are a true Philadelphia Flyers fan, and you know you have a lot of those fake fans out there because they had success in the playoffs. Ooh, the fake fans come in. Why didn't the uh, coach change the lineup? Well, you saw what he did throughout the season if you actually paid attention uh, to AV to what was going on. And if you're going to blame Claude Giroux, who is now aging in the NHL and is closer to the end of his career, uh, which is a forever flyer, uh, you've got some things mixed up. Yeah. There's been so much hate because he doesn't play with the tenacity. Like, I guess people are saying, like Richards would. Um, They're saying he doesn't produce like Briere did. And I'm like, these are different players. Like like Claude Giroux of 2010, which, by the way, was 10 years ago. Yeah. It's a whole different game for Claude Giroux in those 10 years. Right. So, I, just, I don't get it. I think these are just couch, you know, your, 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 what, your love seat or whatever they call it, GM, your armrest GM, whatever they call them. But. They're the eggs on Twitter. That's what they are. They're the eggs on Twitter. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just sick of it. So I, I do want to end my Flyers conversation once again with a shout-out to Sean Couturier for winning the Selkie, best defensive forward in the NF, NHL, the first to do so since Dave Pullen in 1987. That's before we were both born. Right, that's big. And then another huge shout-out to Oscar Lindblom for making it all the way back and playing in the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Just a huge story. It was all around the NHL, all around media. It's great. It's, it, that's a story you want. In, a t- in times like this, you want a story like that. It, it makes a lot of things – it and puts our, a lot of things into perspective. Usually we go to awards at the end of the podcast, but because we're on such a time restraint today, let's just give it now. Winner of the week it is it, – it's, it's Oscar or Coots in reality, right? So your winner of the week is Oscar Lindblom. 
uh, or Sean Couturier, depending on who you are. Uh, and really the losers of the week might be the Philadelphia Flyers. The stupid idiot of the week are the people on social media. Oh, man, stupid idiot of the week is definitely the people on social media. You eggs on Twitter. We, I, we see you. And we hate you. Come on. At least put a face to your egg. Come on. So, Eric, let's move on. Let's transition to the big thing that's happening on Sunday. That is the NFL season. The Philadelphia Eagles will play against the Washington, Washington football, football team. I know how, know how excited you are, Eric. I am equally excited. I am equally as worried as excited as I am. Well, it's because we don't really have a team to put on the field. That offensive line – Worries me tremendously protecting Carson Wentz uh, in week one against a pass defense or a rush defense, pass rush defense, that can be one of the top in the NFL. And they just drafted a young guy who will be going against your new left tackle, Jason Peters. Your new old left tackle. Your new old left tackle, Jason Peters, who, by the way, did get his pay increase even though Doug Peterson gave him a hug and said, thank you for doing it for the team. No, you did it selfishly. We know you did it selfishly. Stop acting like you didn't. And thank goodness the one person who did do it for the team, who is day-to-day, by the way, who might not play on Sunday, Lane Johnson took a pay cut so that the Eagles can give Jason Peters that increase. Right. These are things that people aren't no- that people don't really notice is that move – from Lane Johnson was not selfish. The move from Jason Peters, very selfish, especially when you know that there's a chance the Eagles may have to transition you into a left tackle position. And guess what? We're going to have to find a replacement for him when he gets injured. (laughs) Right. It's not if he gets injured because it's he's, he's 38, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong, but he's old. And he's been injured every year for the past five, six years, basically. Right. So it's, it's getting bad. So we have our day-to-days, and Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson, they're apparently doing very well, but they're also very day-to-day right now, according to Jeff McClain. And Doug Peterson said we'll see how they do today at practice to see if they will be ready for Sunday. Right, even though they said they earlier in the week they said they'd be ready. That's, that's one of many times my mic is going to drop today uh, because of injuries. Yep. Because Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are two of your top guys on the team. And by the way, your other running back, Corey Clement, or Clement, or however you pronounce his name, also limited at practice this week. So you got another Boston one. Scott. So it's Boston Scott taking over. Well, if you saw what uh, the little guy did in uh, Kansas City yesterday, maybe Boston Scott can do the same. Yeah, the the big news, the upside news this week was someone that we didn't think would be able to play on Sunday. We didn't think he was coming back until like week three or four. Rookie Jalen Rager practiced in full yesterday. Good. There's a good chance Jalen Rager might be ready to go on Sunday, which I didn't didn't see coming. It's that young bone, those young muscles. He was limited at practice on Wednesday, uh, but had a full practice on Thursday. This is exciting for for, uh, Rager. Right. 
So we, we shall definitely see what happens. And you should be excited as an Eagles fan to watch this guy play uh, because it was really our first time drafting a wide receiver this high since Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I'm excited to see both of them play, actually. You mentioned Jackson, too. And we saw what happened last year, week one, against the, the Washington. So we'll see if that happens again um, with two deep threats. And then maybe you have Greg Ward and, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on those, those, those shorter routes, even though both of them can stretch the field as well. So I'm excited to see what our receivers can do. So Eagles made some moves over the weekend that uh, that panicked some people, made people excited. Uh, it's how they cut down their roster. They got rid of second-round pick Sidney Jones. They got rid of Russell Douglas, who we were saying Russell Douglas was probably on the trade block after he said Nelson Aguilar was the best wide receiver on the team at one point. Um, in March, right after Nelson Aguilar signed with the uh, Raiders, of Las Vegas uh, to see those guys go like we're surprised because their draft stock was so high, but it also makes Howie look like a terrible draft person, personnel at completely. And well, then, and then the release of Craven LeBlanc panicked all of social media, including Me. our own Eric James. I was very upset. Eric was very upset. The Eagles claimed running back Jason Huntley from Detroit, and when they claimed him, they had to let someone go, and that move was letting Craven LeBlanc go. I told Eric, don't worry. He'll be back tomorrow morning when he texted me on, on Saturday night. I said, don't worry, he'll be back. As soon as the Eagles are able to place people on the IR, the Eagles put Will Parks on the injured reserve. They put Quez Watkins on reserve, which left two open spots. One I have not seen filled yet, uh, and they brought back Craven LeBlanc. So no panic, Eric. No. Well, I think he should have played more when he got back from injury last year, but hopefully he plays. I mean, we are we are pretty – we have a lot of corners. That's why they got rid of Jones and Douglas. Um, but, yeah, to get rid of him, I was very surprised. Is Maddox going to be ready Sunday? Uh, from everything I'm seeing practice-wise, he, he's been practicing. He's out on the injury report. All right, good. So, yeah, Maddox should be there. I mean, Wednesday's injury report uh, was the one I look at. Javon Hargrave did not participate Wednesday. Alshon Jeffrey, who we don't expect week one, uh, really don't expect him until maybe October. He did not participate in practice. Derek Barnett's one that scares me because we drafted him so high as well. He has been limited all week, as is Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders. Uh, so it's a lot of question going into the game against the Washington football team. Right. Especially health-wise and, and supporting guys like Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Carson Wentz in the backfield. I would not be surprised if you see that second-round pick, Jalen Hurts, come out for random plays just to get away from that pass rush. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do on defense at the linebacker spot because we're not great. Uh, they just put a giant hole in linebacker. There's nobody there. It's oh, just, okay. It's just, just going to be empty. It's going to be an empty position. Just Cones? Yeah, yeah we're going to put uh, Andrew McDonald out in middle linebacker position. Right. 
or maybe John Cena. Nobody can see him. Ha ha. So, yeah. So a, a lot of Eagles. I mean, Eagles should win on Sunday. They are a favorite. They they are the favorite to beat the Washington football team. The Washington football team is not a good team right now, but if they can beat up on the Eagles' injuries and the question of the offensive line, things are going to be closer, in my opinion, than people expect. We have to to win that game. We're going to have to run all over that team. Yeah, you're going to have to run run from the start. Start off running the football with your running backs, getting it between the tackles, and then throwing some play actions in there to yep. throw them off. I, you, yep. you can't start like Deshaun Jackson's first game, like Terrell Owens' first game, where you're going with the play action deep ball downfield. We can't do that right away. You need to start running the football, especially when teams know Doug Peterson is very pass first. And not only that, but we don't have the line to protect us to get those people out deep. That that offensive line is scary. And not in a good way. They are not scary good. They're just scary. I have no idea what's going to happen right now, especially if you lose that leader in Lane Johnson. Uh, and Lane Johnson is a leader on that offensive line for them. Absolutely. Did you see all the, the controversy around Zach Ertz and his new contract? Oh, man. So, once again, I, and I actually tried to pre-record the, the podcast, uh, and it didn't work. Uh, so, Zach Ertz, a lot of issues going in. The Eagles and Zach cannot agree on a contract right now uh, in any way. And I'm a little worried and Eagles fans, I think, are kind of bouncing. They're like, okay, we have Dallas Goddard, who at least gives you yards after catch where Zach Ertz falls. But Dallas Goddard's going to want some money too later on down the road. So, really, it's who do you want? Who is more important to you, Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard? Yeah. And, and that cap room is not going to be there next year. So, if the Eagles can't make a decision now – Things could get dicey. Yes, they could. Especially when it comes to protecting Carson Wentz's favorite target. Right. Yeah, because he uses his tight ends. Um, Zach Ertz is, you know, gets open a lot. He's a good, you know, yard receiver. I don't know. Possession, thank you. Possession receiver. Um, so he'll be there on third down. You always look for him. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to come to a deal within the middle of the season. I don't know if it's going to either of them are going to be happy with it, but I think it's going to, they're going to come to something. Yeah, hopefully they come up with something. Uh, Zach Ertz is obviously very important to the Philadelphia Eagles organization, very important to fans, does a lot for the community. Uh, Hopefully, this does not become messy. Uh, and that, that, to me, is the most important thing. Hopefully, it does not ruin a season. It just makes Zach Ertz want it a little bit more. And I would not be surprised if Zach Ertz comes out on Sunday, puts up a career day, and the Eagles go and say, okay, something needs to happen, and we need to do it now. But if Zach Ertz puts up a dud, then the ball's in the Eagles' court more. Like, hey, you put up a dud against a bad football team. We don't know if we can sign you right. for as much money as you want. Especially if Goddard, especially if Goddard puts up numbers. 
especially if Goddard puts up numbers. Eric, the Eagles have 18 captains. 18? Eight team captains. Oh. Eight of them. Either way, eight or 18, it's far too many captains for a football team, for one. Trey Thomas posted an Oprah gif on his Twitter. You get a captain slot, and you get a captain slot, and you get a captain slot. Yeah, usually what? Offensive, defensive, special teams, three. So there are eight. You're 18 captains. Uh, do I really want to read this list? All right, I'm going to. Your eight captains are Carson Wentz, which is obvious. Jason Kelsey. Jason Peters. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And obviously, Jason Peters is a captain. Really throws me off, especially when he asked for more money to move the left tackle. As I just complained about a minute ago. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Rodney McLeod, Duke Riley, and Craig James. So they put three on each side and two on special teams? And, and Craig James is the one who uh, not only outplayed Russell Douglas and Sidney Jones for a cornerback spot to get them both cut, Craig James also signed an extension for more money and now is also named the captain for the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. Greg James is going to have a lot of eyes on him on Sunday, I can tell you that. Yeah, but is he a special teams player? He's more of the special teams cornerback, yes. Yeah. So we, we should see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued, but nervous at the same Dude, time. They should give Jake Elliott a captain. I mean, over Jason Peters, I, I would think that there would be other people who uh, – like Lane Johnson? Lane Johnson, yeah, who took the pay cut. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly right. Do you have any more Eagles news? Uh, I, I'm looking into a few uh, things right now. I have not seen an injury report yet for today. Uh, Doug Pearson a few minutes ago. We're recording this on Friday, September 11th. Uh, head coach Doug Peterson said that, that defensive end Derek Barnett is still day-to-day, and he's unsure if he will be ready on Sunday. Oh, boy. But once again, we will see how today's practice goes. So, And, and that seems to be the, the common theme right here. That might be Doug Peterson's uh, line for the, for the uh, season. We'll see how today's practice goes because he said it about Miles Sanders, Lane Johnson, Jalen Rager, Corey Clement, uh, and Derek Barnett. He said it about all of them, everybody on the injury list. We'll see how practice goes today. So, That's all he says. It's going to be interesting on Sunday without any fans for the first time. Let's see how it goes. I believe this game is in Washington. Am I correct in stating that? Uh, I believe so. So this game, without any fans, should be interesting. And, yes, it is in Washington at FedEx Field, uh, which usually is where Eagles fans take over. So it should be interesting, to say the least, on how it goes, where the Eagles will be home against the Rams next Sunday. So, Eric, at one point – 
we should sit down and try to project a uh, season preview of sorts for the Eagles. I thought we did that. No, we. I don't believe we did an Eagles season preview. We did an Eagles schedule. Remember when it came out? We did a schedule, yes. We did not do a season preview. Okay. So at one point, we will try to get a season preview together. Maybe in week two, we'll do a season preview. Kind of like, cheap plug here, if you've not joined our Survival League, uh, the Philly Fan Survival League, please try to get in now. We are starting in week two of the season uh, because I was late in setting up the Survival League. I didn't set it up until Wednesday night, and the first game was Thursday. So, oops. Uh, it will give you at least a week to look at other teams, see how they play, and give you an idea on your picks for week two. So check out Survival League. It is on our Twitter account, at the Philly Fans. That's P-H-A-N-S. Uh, it's also on our Facebook page, The Philly Fans. Did, uh, how many people we have right now? Out the Survival League. Uh, Eric is making me go on my Yahoo account. And, yes, Yahoo still exists in my world. And I currently do not have that up. I'm going to post it shortly. Uh, we did have a good number starting last week, uh, thinking that we only had five dedicated loyal fans, loyal listeners, right? Our five loyal listeners for the week. Let's, let's see how many members of this league that we have. Eric? Nine. We have nine members of this league. Thank you to our nine loyal listeners. <laughs> and by nine, I mean really our five loyal listeners for the podcast. Please join our Survival League. The, league. the league information is on the Twitter. As I just retweeted it, you will see it under Friday's news. Uh, Eric, I, I got to just – I got to attack one team real quick uh, before we do anything else. Before I go into 76ers, because I is do have to the, go into 76ers. Is, is it the Phillies? Yeah, of course it's the Phillies. Of course it's the Phillies. They made, they made us – they gave us a lot of hope. Once you sucker to sing, you pushed us back out. Yeah. You won 9 out of 10. You won 10 out of 11. And then, and then, and then came the Marlins. Again, last they night. They were afraid plan, they were going to get COVID again. The bullpen blew it against the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Again. Did you hear what Barkan said? What did Barkan say? He just said, this bullpen sucks. He said it's, that on TV. It's terrible. And the Phillies are three games behind the Braves. That's it for the NL East. Guess who's right behind them? The Marlins. So the straight set that is here that we spoke about last week of all these games in a row against Miami, this is the most important stretch of the season. If you can't beat Miami, you do not deserve to be in the postseason. And they have so many games against the Miami Marlins in the month of September. Today, there is a doubleheader against the Miami Marlins. That's two. There's, a game, there's three, four, five, six. Their next six games are against the Marlins. Whew. They need to win. Six of, they need to win six games, but they need to actually win four out of those six. And then they play the Mets, who they've, they've beaten this year, but they've been on and off against. Then they have Toronto, 
and then they have a little bit of hope playing against the Nationals. With the end of the season being the Tampa Bay Rays, who are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball right now as well. So, a lot of games ahead in September as we get closer to the postseason for the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, we, shall, we shall see what happens, but they need to beat the Marlins. Yes, they do. Because right now, right now, you're looking at the end of the season against a stretch with the Mets, the Nationals, and the AL East leaders, the Tampa Bay Rays. Eric, I'm frustrated. Well, of course. The bullpen are the losers of the week. <laughs> I was on yesterday. I was on a podcast late last night with the Rewind Wrestling Podcast uh, with the Phillies on in the background. Cheap plug for the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, please make sure you're listening to the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. And you'll hear my voice. Uh, I was watching the Phillies and their bullpen implode in the final three innings. It was awful. And I even you can hear my reaction on that podcast based on the Phillies losing last night. I can imagine. Pissed. I'd be pissed. Pissed. Oh, they, they need to do better. They need to do a better job, Andy Reid. They need Andy to do a better Reed. job. I need to do a better job. Did you, see, did you see Andy Reid's face mask last night? You're going to make me look it up. Oh, it was funny. You need windshield wipers for that thing. That that is uh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to look at this. So you're gonna make you're gonna make me look up Andy Reid's picture. I love Coach Reid. Uh, always loved Coach Reid. Obviously, his time was up in Philadelphia. And oh my goodness, I'm retweeting this right now, even though we're not live. <laughs> that you need windshield wipers for that thing. That's right. Oh my goodness. That is that is amazing, yeah. <laughs> and there's a Patrick Mahomes drew up a play on the mask, like in real life. Yes, I just <laughs> I just retweeted it. I didn't see that. That's Sorry, right. he may not have. Sorry, it was a meme. It was an, it was an NFL hate memes. However, it was that is funny. I just retweeted that, too. So I was wrong there. But I was also wrong last week with a coaching search for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, last week, I mistakenly said that Jason Kidd was the hire from the, for the Nets. Really, I don't care because they're the Nets and not the Sixers. Uh, the Nets signed Steve Nash as their head coach, leaving Jason Kidd still available to coach. However, last week, we thought it was Tyron Lue for the Philadelphia 76ers. I... Don't think it's going to be Tyron Lue now. No, did you see the new reports? Uh, Billy Donovan is a name that has popped up a few times. Right. So he rejected the contract with the Thunder, a two-year extension, and he might be the Philadelphia 76ers' next coach. That's what I'm hearing. Who knows? But last week we spoke about the the people who were in that conversation uh, to hire a new coach. Obviously, Tyron Lue. Uh, apparently earned respect of LeBron James and uh, other star players that he's coached. Uh, so Ben Simmons is going to listen to LeBron James on that one, being Ben Simmons is one of the two players in the coaching search for the 76ers and his friends with LeBron James. So we'll see how much LeBron actually likes Tyron Lue 
as a head coach and if he will go to the Philadelphia 76ers. But right now, Billy Donovan is available, and it might actually happen. That'd be cool. I'd like that. Who's Lou? The guy who got stepped over. I know. It's a joke. Uh, also, the uh, the rumors continue to spread that Don Staley has interest and would be a good coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. I haven't heard that one. We'll see. She has interest. I just I just be, don't know. I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if they'd pull the trigger on Don Staley. That'd be history making. It would be history making. Uh, speaking about history making, last night Ben Simmons was awarded a prize on the team of the NBA's all-defensive team. That wasn't last night. I thought that was two nights ago. It was one of the nights. It was one of the nights. So, Ben Simmons, congratulations on joining all-defensive team in the NBA. Once again, if Ben played, things would have been different against the Celtics. Yes. So, things are interesting. Obviously, we're missing out. Joel the Troel keeps tweeting about Jimmy Butler and bringing the Miami Heat to the next, next round. Uh, congratulations to Jimmy Butler. We are fans of Jimmy Butler. We've said that Jimmy Butler should not have left the Philadelphia 76ers as if it was our choice. Yes. Um, but Ben Simmons, congratulations on all defense. We are proud of you. Uh, I don't have an award to give you right now. Here's a clap. <laughs> Is that good enough? Yeah. G- good enough for a, a reward for him. Uh, by the way, Doug Peterson. I'm going to go back to Doug Peterson for a second. I know we ended the Eagles conversation. Uh, he stated that if Jalen Hurts has to go into the game, the Eagles would be okay with it. Just put it out there. Something we actually kind of mentioned already, but it's also something that Doug should say. Of course. What do you think if Wentz gets hurt? If Wentz gets hurt, and, and in, in reality, as I said, I would not be surprised to see Jalen Hurts out there uh, trying to avoid defend that pass rush. Yeah. So I, I would not be surprised if they try to utilize him more. Obviously, on Sunday, we will see the strengths and the weaknesses of the Philadelphia Eagles. It seems as if they have one open roster spot. Let's see if they fill it because they, they have uh, – Or a little linebacker. They've lost a few positions, and they do have one open position left. Well, we shall see because I'm curious. I I am very curious. Also, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia three minutes ago adds the name of Becky Hammonds to the list of potential Philadelphia 76ers coaches. So that is now two women that have been promoted as a potential candidate for the Philadelphia 76ers coaching position. Oh, we could make history in Philadelphia. Again. So, NBC Sports Philly has looked at the following coaches so far on their webpage. Uh, Hammond is expected to interview for the Pacers head coaching job at one point this week. That is a Woj bomb, by the way, from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, they've looked at Tyron Liu, Ima Yuduku, Jason Kidd, Nate McMillan, Dave Jerger. Uh, by the way, I'm terrible pronouncing names. And Van Dougie, Van Gundy, and Billy Donovan. 
So those are all names in which NBC Sports Philadelphia has put together. But once again, we hate NBC Sports Philadelphia for firing all of our favorite people. <laughs> so why I am promoting their page, I don't know. Yeah, Stop that. Stop that. Yes, I should stop that. Eric, I'm excited for I'm excited for Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles season. I'm excited to talk to you more uh, about the potential victory for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you have anything more to bring to the podcast today? Any follows you think people should go and follow? Anything new? No, what I think is that people should stop reacting and trying to blame everyone when a team loses. Uh, digest it first and then discuss it. Don't don't automatically throw blame when the clock hits zero. People were throwing out blame during the game too. But, yeah, yeah. you're totally completely right. Uh, I'm going to give follow, follow suggestions, podcast suggestions. Obviously, our good friends over at On the Couch and Delco, that's On Delco. Uh, talk Philadelphia sports, talk adult beverages, talk food a lot on their podcast. Good friend Mike was on our podcast earlier this year. Uh, obviously, as I gave a cheap plug for myself on a wrestling podcast last night, if you like wrestling, the Wrestling Rewind podcast is one you should check out, especially the episode that will be released more than likely at the same exact time that this podcast is released today on September 11th. Eric, it's a podcast. Eric, it is September 11th, 2020. Uh, before we go, before we sign off for the day, I do want to give a brief moment of silence for those lives that were lost in the tragedy that was September 11th. 2001. Are you okay with that? Yeah, 19 years ago. I can't believe it. I, it's unbelievable. We were all in different places at that point. I, one of my stories that I like to that I tell are, is that I found out about the attacks in the classroom that I taught in. Uh, so at that point, I was a student. I was going into classes to deliver mail, uh, and the teacher had the news on their TV and at the school I went to the TV was never on so to see a teacher with the TV on was surprising and he said this is history this is something we will never forget and it's very upsetting right I was in didn't find I didn't find out until the end of the day because they told all the teachers like in many schools not to turn the TVs on not to uh talk about what happened because we were, you know, teenage, like teenagers, preteens, and was, they didn't want to be the ones to inform us, but we didn't know what was going on. There was rumors and, and this was all before social media. And no one knew what was going on. We thought there were bomb threats at the school. Parents were picking up their kids. It was, it was a hectic day. And I remember coming home and my mom crying on the couch. That is burned into my memory. So yeah, we, we remember all those lives that are lost and how America came together. We need it more than ever, even at this moment. Uh, so we're going to have a quick 30 seconds of dead air on the Philly Fans Podcast before we log off. Uh, obviously, this is Kevin. And Eric. And we're going to take our 30 seconds of silence.
make sure that you give the Philly fans a five-star review on anywhere you can find podcasts. Make sure you follow us at the Philly fans. That's T-H-E-P-H-I-L-L-Y-P-H-A-N-S. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and comment how we're doing. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep you posted on sports this week. Let's go, Birds. The birds. Always got it. I can never hit the hay. Score goal like I'm on the power play. When I'm popping, don't come my way. First tripping and they got a lot of say. I was down when they all fell away. Now I party like my birthday every day. I'm not ready.